All right, what's up everybody? Sorry for the little delay there. I was making sure all the audio, all the video stuff is good. But as you can see by the title here, uh, we're here to recap game one of Summer League. I just got done watching it. I'm also going to have a cool little new feature for you guys here on today's show. We're going to have the ticker going and that's going to show the stats for all of the main guys we're going to be talking about today. And that's basically everybody who's on contract. Unfortunately, Ethan will not be with me today. As you guys can tell, he's out filming. If y'all don't know by following him on Twitter, cause he doesn't brag about it. Ethan's actually like really good at filmmaking. He's like won an award at the Austin film festival, like professionally. And that was like two years ago when he was even younger. So super talented, Ethan, as you guys already knew, but let's get into this. I'm just going to go down the list of our guys. Obviously there's more people on the roster, but I'm going to mainly talk about the four guys who are signed to contracts with the Spurs as of right now. Um, I won't be talking about Jeremy Sohan because he won't be playing in summer league. And it's actually not because of COVID. It was revealed today on the broadcast that he actually has a little bit of an injury. I believe it was with this calf or something that it, it may have been something different, but it was just a little injury that they decided to hold him out for. So we're going to be talking about Blake Wesley, Josh Primo, Malachi Branham, and Dominic Barlow, who is the rookie from Overtime Elite, who was undrafted and we signed to a two-way deal. So as you can see, you got the stats below here. Josh Primo and Blake Wesley led the way with 20 points and five assists, respectively. But man, it really took a little bit for Primo to get going, y'all. Um, and yeah, my boy Nick, y'all didn't know Ethan's like that, but Ethan is definitely like that. Nick, we appreciate you being in here. Um, but going back to the guys, so it took Primo to get going a little bit, but once he hit a step back three late in the fourth, Coach Mitch Johnson looked at him and said, hey, do more of that. And then the next two possessions, he scored again. I believe it was another three and then a left-handed floater that was tough. Um, it just seemed like Primo needed to realize that he could take over and then it was like he was kind of going to do what he wanted once he tried. And Tanner, I appreciate you being here as well. And this is a great question. So how much weight did Primo put on? They said he was about 6'5", 200. And the way that he looked on, on the floor, he had to have gained at least some sort of muscle because he definitely looked bigger. And I was even questioning when he was standing next to Blake, uh, or excuse me, Malachi Branham, who's listed at 6'5". He even looks a little bit taller than him. Maybe that is the hair. I don't know. It could have been the angle on TV. Be, but I, I think he he may be at that that six six. It might not be six five, even though they got him listed there. It, it may be the hair, but I know I was just talking about how he didn't look you know as tall as everybody was making him out to be. But hey, Robert Woodard is listed at six seven, and he looks you know six six next to him. We'll have to see. Enough about Primo's height. The main thing is we know he's gained at least ten pounds, and to have that strength, um, that just continues to allow him to kind of play versatilely through the one two uh, one through three. But, you know, a little bit of a, a disappointing performance through the first three quarters. You know, you'd like to see him turn it on a little bit more. Uh, just game one of Summer League, lots to go. You know, this might have been his little wake-up call to see, okay, hey, I can just do this whenever I want in the fourth quarter. Um, but we'll have to see uh, how that moves going forward. I would expect that he comes out with a little bit more firepower uh, in the next game, you know, starting off. And speaking of coming out with a lot of firepower, I'm actually going to jump a little bit and just talk about the Cavs here. Man, Ochai Baji, the way he came out of this game, uh, obviously cooled down later. He was kind of the opposite of Primo. Um, but if he is somebody who can really just be that off-ball shooter, he is going to be a problem on the Cavs with all the talented young players they have around him who demand a lot of attention, like Evan Mobley, Darius Garland. Um, the list goes on and on. Jared Allen, he was also on the broadcast today. But 
We'll, we'll get back to the Spurs now. So let's talk about some good stuff. Blake Wesley. Blake Wesley looks great the entire game. I mean, he got hurt there a little bit in the third quarter, and I was a little bit concerned, but he didn't even want to come out, and then he ended up coming right back in with the same explosiveness. So that was a, a little sigh of relief for me, but let's just talk about the way he plays. Um, similar to the stuff that we talked about uh, in his tape, from Notre Dame after the draft, but just a ton of intensity. You know, we were talking about Primo taking a little bit of time to get going. That was not how it was for the 20 points uh, that Blake Wesley scored. He came out from the jump. I believe he had 15 early in the first. And it wasn't even necessarily like he tailed off in the second half. I think it was kind of the whole team tailed off in the second half with a 17-2 to run by the Cavs for the majority of the third quarter and kind of going into the fourth. Um but he kept the intensity the entire time, found a way to distribute, even though he likes to take a lot of shots, had those five assists, um, but also looks good shooting the ball from three. I believe that he was two for three in total from the three-point line. Uh, actually, excuse me, he was three for four from the three-point line, so made one more than I thought. Um, that's something that you love to see in game one, obviously just one game. And he hit some deep threes at, at Notre Dame, as we talked about, if you go watch his tape there for the fight in Irish. But getting back to him making the threes in this game, one of the things that he told, I believe, Jeff G. Spurs zone after the draft was the one thing he wanted to work on when he got to San Antonio was his shot. So if it keeps falling like that, man, Chip England, he he's he's wrapping it up and he's he's like, dude, I got your shot fixed in two weeks. Just come to summer league training camp. No, uh, we'll obviously have to see how it goes for the rest of summer league. But a great sign from Blake Wesley shooting 75 percent from three in game one. Um the only other thing I can say, I mean, that's maybe negative about him is you see the, the three turnovers from him as well. Um, a little bit wild, but it's just because he's so raw. But he just has so much intensity driving towards the rim. Um, you know, he draws so much attention when he does that. And there were some times, you know, they were talking about he passed up a three, but he drove inside. And it wasn't the greatest play. But the thing was, even though he wasn't able to make something happen out of it, the fact that he penetrated it, it like it opened up the floor for other shooters, whether it was Malachi Branham or Josh Primo or even Jordan Hall and exhibit 10 guy that the Spurs have on their summer league roster as well. So just an all around great performance from Blake Wesley in game one has a lot of uh, defensive intensity. He was also the main facilitator when they came out with the starting lineup. For those of you guys who didn't watch the starting lineup was Josh Primo, uh, Blake Wesley, Malachi Branham, and then Robert Woodard and Dominic Barlow. So in the kind of mainly the possessions when they had that lineup on the floor, you know, our three 19 year old guards, um, it was Blake Wesley kind of facilitating. And then they had the better shooters in Branham and Primo kind of on the outside waiting for a catch and shoot or to drive and kick. Right. Um, but yeah, so that was really all I had to say about Blake Wesley. Let's move over to Malachi Branham. He was another guy who kind of had a little bit of a slow game, a slow start, but got it going in that second half. And still, the thing that, you know, even in a tough game like this for him, I believe shot six for 15, or actually no, ended up, no, it was six for 15. Blake Wesley shot seven for 16, but Branham two for six from three, six for 15 from the field you know, it didn't really look comfortable to start the game. Um, but I think once he got into rhythm a little bit more in the second half, that's when you started seeing him hit some tough shots. And some of those shots that, I mean, they, it was just like a rerun of watching the Ohio State tape. 
Obviously, that's going to be a little bit different when he gets to the NBA. But luckily, he's probably going to have a year in Austin um, or maybe not. I mean, we'll see what happens with this first team this year with how young they are. But probably we'll have, um, you know, a little bit of some time in Austin for sure to, to develop and get a little bit more comfortable and the rest of summer league. But even though he had a slow start and didn't really look like he felt comfortable at first, he wasn't necessarily doing anything wrong, wasn't forcing anything. It just seems like he also wasn't finding anything. But once he did, he was able to drive in, make some tough buckets, finally got some threes to fall, um, and played solid defense the whole game. That's the thing, you know, when you're watching this, you want to see some flash, kind of like we saw from Primo and Blake Wesley. Uh, but I think the thing that got lost in Branham kind of having a slow shooting night to start was that that whole time he, he was playing some pretty solid defense. And once again, to get in rhythm and to drive inside, to hit some tough buckets in mid-range um, on top of him, you know, still taking threes regardless of it not uh, falling. You love to see the confidence and you love to see uh, the stuff that we saw at Ohio State late in the year translating uh, to Summer League in Game 1. Once again, this is all Summer League in Game 1, so you got to take it with a grain of salt. But when you're looking at the situation, uh, there was some improvement as the game went on, and that's all you can ask for. Now, the last one I want to talk about here, and this will be just a little bit of a short live because it's not Ethan, uh, and I just kind of want to mainly talk about the guys who are actually, you know, for sure on the roster, is Dominic Barlow, right? And they were talking about him throughout the broadcast as he was kind of the mystery coming into the draft because he was the one guy who might have a little bit of, you know, draft uh, potential coming out of overtime elite which is, if you guys know, Overtime, obviously the social media company, they've created their own league for some of the top high schoolers, Asir and Asar, if I'm pronouncing their names correctly. Thompson are going to be coming from there next year. They're going to be top 10 picks, uh, most likely. Just kind of another G League Ignite Avenue that's not you know associated with the NBA, but the kids can get paid right to go play if they're a top prospect. So that was where Barlow played. Now he got his first taste of some sort of NBA action. You could tell there was definitely a little bit of an adjustment period, but it's kind of like the rest of these guys and with Branham. It felt like he kind of got better as the game went on. Not to the same extent because he was in foul trouble for a lot, but had some clutch and ones late. Um, he, he hit a jumper uh, in somebody's face you know, off a pick and pop, which was nice late in the shot clock. He missed another one, but it also didn't look like he jumped at all on the shot. I think because, you know, he didn't go to a college program and he was playing with overtime elite. And obviously they're still doing a lot of good development things, according to a lot of NBA scouts like Jay Bylas uh, and even Grant Hill, who was on this broadcast. Uh, but at the same time, um, going back to that, you know, still definitely an adjustment and and some things that that he can work on. But nine rebounds, seven assists. Obviously, you see the six fouls, so fouled out. Um, but also got a steal. Just competed in there, 6'10", 220, really switchable. Seems like he's got potential to stretch the floor. I love him as a two-way deal, being a 19-year-old. I think he's got some potential. Um, I don't think that, you know... He's, you know, like we should something you should bet on. Um, but I think if this two way deal works out for the Spurs and works out for him and his development uh, goes as good as it can, he could be somebody who could end up being a piece uh, moving forward for the Spurs, especially in the modern NBA, just a switchable five four, I feel like. So, yeah, I really don't have any other takeaways from this one, guys. We can talk about the game a little bit here to end. Uh, Eric, I saw you pulled up. Um, I appreciate you. Uh, and then my man Nick is asking where I watch the game at. Oh, Oh, look, I got you got to You got to go on the Google search and you got to just you got to find, you know, the free ways. That's all I'm going to say. I don't you know, we're not to a thousand yet. 
So, you know, technically we're not risking any money, but, you know, I don't want to risk any future funds giving away the stream sites, but y'all know what I mean. Just look up, look up some Reddit, look up some, some sports with some surges and, and I'll just leave it at that. Um, real ones. No, uh, but, but you can find it. Trust me, trust it. Nick DM me and I'll, I'll send you the link. Um, let's see, Bobby February, you're in here. First time I've seen you in here. Hey, what's good, bro. I missed the game. So what happened? Uh, so well here, we can end it off with that. Uh, so basically it was a game of runs. Um, the Cavs started off real hot and then the Spurs, um, ended up going on another run, getting real hot. Uh, I believe that the lead was up to around 12 or 13 in that first quarter. Uh, and then the Spurs came back and tied it. Uh, or actually, they took the lead with a Blake Wesley three and then a Josh Primo three whenever they cut it um, late in the half to 22-27. Ended up hitting two threes to take the lead at 28-27. And then they really dominated the second quarter. But it was like once they got up, you know, young team, right? Mainly full of teenagers. Got a little comfortable. And then the Cavs ended up started making their comeback. Ended up taking the lead at halftime on a 17-2 run, which ended up continuing into the third quarter and turned into a 20-point lead before you know it. But the Spurs came back, um, kept fighting, made it a close game. You know, you didn't really think that they were ever going to have a chance, but it's like, hey, you know what? They might be able to, you know, make this a single-digit game, which I believe, if I look at the final score here, it was 99-90. to 90. So that's what they ended up doing. Um, and that was one of the other things that the broadcasters were even emphasizing. It's like, in, in this situation, you're not as much worried about wins. It's just like, keep playing, development, all that stuff. But I think they can win some games. I, I really hope they make the playoffs just because I want to see them play as much as possible. Um, but definitely a lot to learn, a lot of runs. I think if, you know, when they go on their run, keeping the pressure on uh, for a full 40 minutes because they're playing 10 minute quarters, um, I think that's the key here. So, anyways, y'all. Well, there you go, Eric. Another one. I got to plug this. So, if y'all need to watch this, Amazon Prime seven day free pass. I have Amazon Prime. I don't know if I've used this, but definitely check that out as well. Cause, you know, uh, on my sites, my, my exclusive sites that I cannot name, uh, sometimes there do be some buffering. So definitely, you know, if you have YouTube TV or something, go there. It's on NBA TV. Maybe you look up NBA TV stream online. Uh, you might be able to find some other options as well. Um, but Bobby, I, I'll, I'll answer your question before I run out of here. Uh, so anybody play better than we thought? And that was a great recap. Appreciate you. Uh, the person that I would say played better than I thought was, is definitely Blake Wesley. It's not that I didn't expect this from him. It's just that I didn't expect him to just like play with that intensity and be able to match it against, you know, NBA opponents, obviously still a summer league roster uh, off rip to have a 20.9. I mean, he came out and was the force, you know, obviously Primo was, he was doing a little bit of facilitating to start. Um, but really, Blake Wesley was running the show uh, to help, especially to help get the Spurs back in the game after uh, it was a pretty quick start with Ochai Abaji hitting like three threes in a row. So anyways, y'all, I appreciate you guys coming in. I'm going to go ahead and throw this on the podcast feed as well, just because this is all that we got going on right now. But I'm going to try to do as many of these as possible. Hopefully we'll get Ethan back on here. But, you know, he's out there. He's out there making the next hit film. Uh, so Definitely go check out his stuff. Appreciate y'all. If you did like this, don't forget to like and subscribe to the page. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, me, it's just at Jude McLaren and then at Ethan underscore Quintero. And then if you want to go get some merch, you can go ahead and head over to SpursTubeTV.com. Anyways, y'all, I appreciate you guys so much. Thanks for hanging out and we'll catch y'all later. Go Spurs, go.